Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Events with Benefits, our podcast here designed to help nonprofit organizations raise more money and achieve greater success at your fundraising events. My name is Danny Hooper. I'm a professional fundraising auctioneer and the author of a best-selling book called Easy Money, How to Generate Record Profits at Your Next Fundraising Auction Event. And you can find that on Amazon by searching Danny Hooper, that's H-O-O-P-E-R, or go to dannyhooper.com. Now, if you're a fan of our podcast, Events with Benefits, we hope that you'll take a moment and go to iTunes and rate us. And if you're going to take the time to do that, we ask that you please give us five stars. And the reason for that is because that will help other people to find us out there and learn more about event fundraising. I'm only one third of the, um, call it the host committee. Yeah. Here on Events with Benefits, sure. this uh, podcast is also brought to you by the our wonderful friend who had the idea for this podcast. That's Renee Zhao from Donation Match. Renee, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. It's always fun to get together with the two of you. So, <laughs> and so we at Donation Match um, basically feel like our job is to get as many generous companies together in our database so we can help all of you nonprofits find items for your auction ba- or auctions, uh, raffles, and gift bags a lot more easily all in one place. And our other co-presenter, co-host is uh, Ian Loth and uh, your great company, uh, Winspire. Ian is the Director of Fundraising and Marketing here, does a great job. And tell us a little bit about Winspire, Ian. Sure. Yeah, no, we love having you both up we, here We today. give ourselves plugs because we don't have anybody sponsoring our That's podcast. That's true. Unless, unless somebody <laughs> listening out there. This. Yeah, somebody out there listening could uh, sponsor us. But yeah. uh, for the time being, it's us. Right, we're having a great time. And with why it. are we doing this? Uh, well, we're doing to help. We're doing it to help. That's, yeah. what, that's why we do what we do, right? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, as Winspire, we like to put out information. Uh, hopefully, maybe you've seen some of our blog posts, some of our resources. We like to put out templates, um, everything to help you guys maximize your fundraising dollars. But our product, our, our travel packages, are specifically designed to help you really round out your live auction offering, uh, and can also help in your silent auction and, and, and raffle prices. And, and our, our packages are no risk. You don't have to pay anything to use them. There's no upfront cost to use them in your event, and you keep everything above the uh, all the profits, 100% of the profits uh, after the event. So, and, and if an item doesn't sell, you don't have to pay a dime. So, uh, check it out, winspireme.com. Uh, we'd love to hear about you and your event and see if we can help. We have an interesting episode for you here today. We're going to talk to a, 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 a wonderful lady up in uh, Charlotte and Prince Edward Island, up in Canada, up in my stomping grounds. And she is the uh, VP of Marketing with a company called iWave. And what this company does, she'll explain it in detail, but basically they gather intelligence out there on potential donors, people who are maybe key prospects to support your organization and it's amazing you know the world of fundraising is getting so sophisticated and so competitive and it's fascinating what they're doing to help you achieve your goals so let's get started right now as we talk to Jill McCarville. Well, I'm real excited about today's guest because she is a fellow Canadian. She's living up in uh, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, which is a beautiful, beautiful place on the east coast of uh, Atlantic Canada. And how are you doing, Jill McCargill, VP of Marketing with iWave? How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you very much for that nice, warm intro. Hello, Canadian. iWave is just a great name for a company that's sitting right out there on the Atlantic coast. Yes, it may not say much about what we do in the industry, but it definitely describes where we live. So I guess check in one of those boxes. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. What exactly is iWave and what do you folks do in the nonprofit world? So iWave is a fundraising intelligence software, um, essentially helping 
give fundraisers and prospect researchers and the development department of nonprofits the intel they need to find more major gift donors and then figure out how much to ask those major gift donors for. So essentially it helps them raise more money at the end of the day. So how, do, how does the software go about doing that? That sounds really intriguing. Yeah, currently the way the software works is um, a lot of people don't know too in-depth into the development department of nonprofits, but there's there's development officers and then there's also prospect researchers. And these prospect researchers are constantly scanning the marketplace, um, running uh, searches, doing deep research to find new major gift prospects and to understand them and how much they might be able to ask. And so these researchers, and in many times fundraisers as well, are using our product to run searches and understand, okay, um, John Doe is a new major gift donor. He's never donated to us, but he donates to the nonprofit down the street. Here's how much he donates. He always gives to healthcare causes. And here's how much I think we might be able to ask him for. So it gives a lot of different intel from biographic information um, to past giving history, as I said, and then also other information like real estate information and wealth indicators and all these other indicators that help you say, okay, this person's philanthropic and they might be able to give a gift. Wow. So once you've gathered that intel, uh, how do you go about making your approach and ultimately the, the ask? How do, you, how do you first contact that prospective donor? That's kind of a little beyond the scope of our tool. So the way that our tool works is the researcher would be in there. They would find a new prospect. They would build a profile on them, and it would have all of that information that was found. We kind of boil it down into wealth, philanthropic, and biographic information. And they would bring this to the fundraiser, or if they're themselves the fundraiser, they would go through that profile. Say they're meeting with a donor that day. They'd say, hey, I need to know about John Doe. I need to know his interests. I need to know where he lives, what he gives. They'd build a profile on him. Um, they'd use that information to then go and have that cultivation meeting um, and then eventually to craft a solicitation ask. Um, and then following that, that, they'd go into the prospect management portal where they're um, regularly stewarded by the, by the team. Wow. Now that's interesting, but at the same time, it sounds just a little bit creepy when I, and I, and I say that, <laughs> and you know where I'm going with this. How does the software, do. how much, how much of our private information you, you talk about, you know, knowing net worth and real estate holdings and things like that, how much of our information as private citizens is available out there? Yeah, that is a, it is a good point, and it's it's something that comes up whenever people don't know the industry that well. Um, people don't don't know that the prospect research field exists, and it's actually not creepy at all when you get in there. It is um, people have always heard of business intelligence for the for profit community. This is essentially business intelligence, but for nonprofits. And in terms of the public versus private data, it's all public information. So. Um, you mentioned we're both Canadians. Um, in Canada, we have a lot um, stricter privacy laws than they do in the U.S. So whereas in the U.S. you can get real estate information, it's all public information. In Canada, we can't do that. So in Canada, what we provide is a postal code estimation. Um, so it's compiles a bunch of postal codes in the area and gives a capacity rating based on that. Um, so there's differences in the level of information based on the geography that the donor is in, but it's all public information. And in some cases, there's also proprietary information where tools like ours and others um, analyze and per, uh, put algorithms onto the data 
to determine, okay, this is what the house was bought for, but this is what it might be worth right now. And so we boil it down into public and proprietary information, but no private information at all. Okay, uh, fascinating. I, I didn't even know anything like... So it's like, not creepy. No, it's not <laughs> creepy. No one, I take that back. <laughs> I, it's not creepy now that you explained it, but before you explained it, it sounded a little creepy. <laughs> well, let's talk yeah. about the, the three keys. You guys take kind of a holistic view uh, of your prospects, and you, you use three particular keys to do that. Maybe we can touch on all three of those keys. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so to give you a little bit of background into this, in the industry, uh, people over the years, uh, prospect research as a field um, really became known and started to amp up in the 90s. And fundraising has obviously been around for a long time, but it's very gotten uh, much more sophisticated in the last couple of decades as well. Um, and so over those last couple of decades, all people cared about was capacity, which is basically, well, we call capacity one of the three keys. It's do they have money to donate? Um, so all they cared about was, fi was finding wealthy individuals and then saying, hey, here's our nonprofit. Will you give us some money? Um, there's been a major shift in the industry over the past five to ten years in that uh, fundraising is getting much more sophisticated. There's, if you saw the Giving USA reports this year, um, there's there was a record high over 400 billion dollars donated to charity, um, nonprofits, I guess in general, um, in 2017, which is the most that's ever been donated. But um, there was fewer donors this year in 2017 than there was in 2016. So the amount that's being donated is greater. The number of individuals donating is less. That's causing fundraising to have to get so much more sophisticated. So now you're not only concerned about finding wealthy individuals, you need kind of that head start of saying, not only are they wealthy, they're also philanthropic, um, and they're also interested in our specific cause. So the three keys are um, capacity, propensity, which is basically are they philanthropic, and then affinity. What are their interests? Are they connected to our cause? Um, do they, if we're, if I'm a healthcare organization, um, does this person always give to healthcare or do they only ever give to the arts? If they only give to the arts, but they're very wealthy, they check those two boxes, um, but they might not, uh, they, they check the two boxes that they are philanthropic and they do have wealth, but will they give to us, a healthcare organization? Probably not. So the view that we take with our tool and all the information always boils into these three keys. Are they philanthropic? Um, are they connected to our cause? And do they have money to give? And we always talk about if a product checks all three of those boxes, they are a great prospect. Um, not saying that they won't donate to you if they don't check all three, but you have a greater likelihood. You almost have that head start. Okay. Well, let's just imagine for a moment I'm a fundraising organization that has retained your services to go out and do this prospect research. You've come back to me with a report identifying a number of individuals in my community. What is your recommendation, even though the software does not approach those individuals, what's your recommendation to me as to how I should make that, that approach? Basically, what we would do in that case, um, we would, to, to start at the beginning of that, if you're the, the fundraising organization, you would um, take your database. Maybe it's a couple thousand individuals, maybe it's 100,000. You'd screen that whole list, and then our system would boil up the top 100 or the top 200 and say, out of this entire list, here's the 100 people that you need to go talk to. And so for those 100 people, it would score their capacity, it would score their propensity, and it would score their affinity. 
And we would recommend you start at the top of the list with the people who scored a four, which is the best score in all three categories, um, figure out how much they might be able to give, get to know them and start stewarding them uh, for that ask. And then uh, work down the list. So next, what does your organization care about? Do you only care about wealth? Do you care about philanthropy or do you care about the interests? Um, Figure out which of the keys are most important to you. And then work your way down the list, finding the people who scored the highest in those keys, and then adding them to the profiles or the portfolios for the development officers. Wow, this sounds like an incredibly powerful tool. You talked about how sophisticated the world of fundraising is is becoming, and more and more so every year, but also so much more competitive as well. Uh, have you got any success stories you can share with us? Yes, actually, we just had um, a new testimonial drop on the iWave website a couple of weeks ago, and it was one of the kind of the coolest testimonials I've seen recently, I guess. Um, Most people know the Rose Bowl uh, Legacy Foundation, which is Rose Bowl Stadium, and they're a client of iWave. I think they actually had just recently signed on whenever they contacted us. They were loving using the tool, and So they entered into a $40 million capital campaign. And if anyone is here is in the fundraising industry, uh, you know that's a pretty hefty goal. And that's going to take a lot of um, research, a lot of cultivation, a lot of uh, stewardship of those donors to get the gifts in. But they actually, um, they screened their database. And from one prospect that they found in the iWave platform, they got a $10 million gift. So they got 25% of the way to their campaign goal with that one individual that they found. So whenever we talked to them and found that out, that was just like, yes, that is exactly um, what we hope for all of our clients. And they found that prospect and they found that $10 million donation through using your software. Yes, they found the prospect in our software. They figured out, okay, this person is wealthy, basically checks off the three keys, um, has money to give, and they asked, and he ended up donating a $10 million gift. That is amazing. It just makes you wonder how much money is sitting out there, you know, with uh, potential donors that is is never utilized because nobody ever comes and asks for it. Well, that's exactly it. And it's also people are sitting in the database of these nonprofits. Um, maybe they're an annual donor. Or maybe they donate $25 a month. Or maybe they're just like one of those donors that happens to give $5,000 every year. And a lot of times those um, kind of mid-level donors, they fall under the radar and you don't basically spend the extra time to look at them and say, hey, could they give more? Um, But if you do a quick search and you see, okay, um, Jane Smith, who gives us a $5,000 gift every year, search her name and find out she actually gives $50,000 every year to the, this other institution that we know very well and we're, we're kind of connected to, why isn't she giving $50,000 to us? And so it's not to say that she definitely will, but it opens up that conversation. And it, um, what is, it, it helps the nonprofit kind of figure out, okay, what are we doing that isn't lending us to get that $50,000 gift? Or maybe you want to be on our board or volunteer. Maybe it's that she doesn't want to donate more money, but she has something else to offer the nonprofit. Um, so, yeah, you just don't know what you could get of these people that are sitting there um, not donating to you, but that may, in fact, have the wealth and the interest to do to donate to you. Jill, can you describe the Nelson Atkins story to us? Oh, sure. Um, Nelson Atkins, uh, Museum of Art, 
We actually just uh, presented at a conference a couple of weeks ago with Marissa Todd, who's the key user there. Um, Marissa's situation is kind of unique because she uh, she has used iWave through other organizations before, but she started at the museum, I, I think this year, if not last year, um, and I kind of described earlier how the fundraising departments are set up in terms of the development officers and the researchers. So she goes to this museum. They've never had a researcher on staff. And um, the, the museum wanted to start a campaign, and they wanted to get staffed up, and they needed to raise more money. So she actually, um, the VP of development, who was new to that organization as well, the, the staff asked her, who do you want to hire? We, you can build out your team. Who's your first hire? And she said, I need a researcher. And so Marissa was hired as the researcher. Um, they didn't typically do well screening before um, very often, and they didn't do a lot of research um, on prospects. A lot of times at their organization, the I think it was the executive director, he would come across a person at a gala or an event and say, hey, this person might be good. Can you... Um, figure out if they should be added to their portfolio. Can you do some research on them? Um, so what Marissa actually did was at, bring kind of more that level of sophistication to the department where she actually screened um, just 1% of their database. And in that 1% of their database that she screened, she realized that 1% had a billion dollars worth of um, capacity. And that just blew the doors off of the board meet, the board for that organization and also the executive team because um, they didn't even know if they could afford to go into a campaign. They didn't know if they could raise the money. And with that much capacity and just 1% of their database, they're like, okay, yes, we can go into a campaign and, and basically here's how we're going to do it and here's who we're going to talk to first. Wow, that's fascinating. Now, for uh, organizations that are listening to this particular episode of our podcast and are curious uh, about, you know, the first question that's going to come to mind for a lot of organizations is what is the cost? And without being explicit about numbers, uh, is there a certain size that your organization needs to be before they can approach uh, your company at iWave for this type of intelligence? No, absolutely not. Um we serve nonprofits of all sizes, and in many cases where I was talking about those organizations that don't even have a researcher on staff, um, the fundraisers themselves and the executives are in using the tool as well. Um, so we have nonprofit clients that have one person in the development team. A lot of them actually um, are in that situation where they have one person in development. And then we also have most of the huge hospitals and Ivy League schools in the U.S. Um, who have... 50-plus uh, development officers and 20-plus researchers. So all ranges of the spectrum. And uh, the way our, our platform works is on an annual subscription. And then um, that includes the ability to do well screening as well. All right. Very good. Well, very interesting. I'm glad we crossed paths and discovered each other here. And I hope that we're able to uh, uh, raise a little curiosity out there with our listeners and, and uh, hopefully generate uh, some inquiries uh, from them uh, for your company, iWave. And is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we wrap things up? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, if anyone does want to demo or um, to kind of see iWave in action or see how it could be used for your organization, um, you can check out iWave.com. And I think there will also be um, a link to um, sign up for something like that and follow up to the podcast. Great. We'll have that in our show notes. Now, you're uh, up there in Canada. Most of your work is in the U.S. Does your platform uh, work in Canada as well for our Canadian listeners? 
It does, yes. It, we have um, probably 10 to 20% of our clients are in Canada and the other um, 80% are in the U.S. All right. Well, I'll definitely be referring business to you. And uh, Ian, did you have any <laughs> Yeah, I think this is a great idea. This yeah. is cool. You never heard of it before? No, I hadn't. Yeah. I've been living under a log, I think. No, I didn't know. But why didn't you tell me? It's your responsibility to <laughs> tell I, me I about should, interesting things you know. like this that yeah. are going on. Renee, did you have any final questions? No, this is great, actually. I uh, did not realize services like this existed as well, so it's great to be able to even publicize the availability of these tools. I think, you know, like... Like Jill had said, you know, if they work with organizations of all different sizes, there could be smaller, you know, short-term needs and potentially long-term. And it's great to find out, you know, about these. Dude, I have a question. Do, do donors know that, like, this information is, is out there on them? Are they aware of that? They do. They do, yes. And um, we actually did, I think it was a study or it was for a resource we were creating recently, and um, the responses came back that donors actually expect you to be doing your research now because individuals who give these huge gifts, they're used to that. And they expect when you go into that um, gift meeting to, to make the ask that you've done your homework. And so anyone who's kind of like in that um, line or has uh, really great philanthropy, they, they do know about these kind of services and these kind of tools. And a lot of the times those are the people sitting on boards of nonprofits as well. And so they're trying to get their nonprofits to use tools like this to find others like them. Well, that's very interesting. It is handy to go into a meeting with a potential uh, major donor and say, come on, we know you own a yacht. Huh? We, we know, and we know where it is. We've seen it. We know you can get it. <laughs> all right. Today's guest, Jill McCarville from iWave. Be sure to check them out, and we'll have all of uh, Jill's contact information uh, in the show notes. Jill, thank you for your time, and we'll let you get back to business out there in beautiful Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was great talking with you all today. Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time.